HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network. HRN is food radio supported by you. Learn more at heritageradionetwork.org. This episode is brought to you by Roberta's, home of Heritage Radio Network for 10 years. Learn more about Roberta's at robertaspizza.com. Welcome to Spill and Dish, a podcast from the Specialty Food Association. Founded in 1952, SFA is the leading trade association and source of information about the $175 billion specialty food industry. We champion the food producers, retailers, and other buyers who make up the specialty food world. If you want to know about membership, visit us at specialtyfood.com. While you're there, check out our new Maker Prep course, a 12-step online program that will teach you how to take your specialty food product to the next level. So in each episode, we want to share the stories behind the products that are made and sold by our members who are helping shape the future of food. You can listen and discover the inspiration, recipe, craft, culture, ingredients, and production methods that help answer the question, what makes specialty food special? I'm today's host, Gretchen Van Esselsten. I'm the Director of Education and Programs at SFA. We're excited to bring you today's episode and so happy to be working with Heritage Radio Network, a nonprofit podcast network covering the world of food, drink, and agriculture, and expanding the way that eaters think about food. We're joined today by Marisol Villalobos of Amasar. She has two firsts to celebrate. In 2022, her breadfruit pancake and waffle mix, gluten-free, was the first Puerto Rican product ever to win a Sophie Award, and the first breadfruit-based product to win a Sophie Award. Sophie is our prestigious SFA Product Awards program, and we're so happy to have her as one of our winners and one of our members. So welcome, Marisol. We are so happy to have you on the show. Hello, Gretchen, and thank you for the invitation. We're very excited as well. Wonderful. So let's get started. So would you tell our listeners a little bit about the products that you make? Wow, our products are so amazing. As you mentioned, it's made out of breadfruit and we're presenting breadfruit as a new player in the food industry. Formally, it's been around for centuries, but now I say we are rediscovering breadfruit. And then uh, the products 
uh, offer to our clients, to our customers, uh, this great taste, but at the same time, it's packed with nutrition because it's a superfood. But then on the other hand, other two things that are for me very important, it's, it's very easy to use and it's very tasty and delicious on the end product, which can be a pancake, a waffle, uh, a muffin, a bread nut cake. So yeah, it's just very spectacular as an alternative flour. So how did the idea for the company come about? Well, it, it's kind of like a beautiful and romantic story, if you may. Wonderful. Yeah, we were in Italy as expats. My husband is a chemical engineer and I'm a microbiologist. Um, but I had been working mostly as a, as a professor and as a teacher. Um, but he was uh, offered this uh, expat position and we went to Italy and we lived there two years on this expat mission of his. Um, my godmother sent me a breadfruit all the way from Puerto Rico to Italy. And the thing about breadfruit is that it's a fruit that's very perishable. It, it, it ripens very quick. So you have to like work with it very, very uh, uh, fast. And she sent me a breadfruit all the way to Italy. And it was so amazing <laughs> because I would get everything. I would get a lot of things from the island of Puerto Rico over there. You know that Italy, you know, it's just an amazing country for food. And that's one of the places where I learned so much about nice and, and nutritional eating. Um, and uh, the, the breadfruit arrived perfect. And after that, it was breadfruit all over the place. I went to different activities and breadfruit were here, breadfruit were there. And I said, hmm, I think we're going to go back to Puerto Rico and I want to work with breadfruit. And we're farmers, actually. Um, I'm an agribusiness person. We, we grow breadfruit on our farm and then we do these value-added products with this amazing crop. And is it, I'm, I'm not so familiar with it, um, is it also eaten fresh and how is it prepared? Well, look, people know so little about breadfruit. It's part of my mission. And I'm, I'm so happy to be here because of that. Breadfruit is cousin, I say, of jackfruit. Mm. So it's this type of fruit that it, it has a lot of flesh inside, but it has a great taste to it. Um, and you can eat it when it's green. You can eat it when it's half ripe and you can eat it even when it's fully ripened. Have you tasted soursop? You know, I think I have, and I've I have tried these jackfruit products okay. uh, that are coming onto the market. But yeah, well, well, it's very tasty. It's a fruit, so it's very sweet, um, but naturally, but then not that sweet either. So I think it's that perfect like combination. But then it has so much other attributes. It's packed with fiber, unlike other fruits that we may know don't have that much fiber inside the pulp. Um, so yeah. that, I think that's part of what makes our product so good in terms of the high content of fiber it offers. Fantastic. I mean, so you are right on trend right now. I mean, gluten-free products are so important in our market right now, but also really plant-based foods are so on trend right now. Are you finding that you're able to sort of ride uh, the wave of that trend right now? Oh, yes. We're very, very happy to be doing this. Um, I was always into nutrition with my... I have three children, so I was always looking for nutritional things for them and alternatives. And, and finding a gluten-free flour wasn't that easy. That, that tasted good and that they would accept and they wouldn't compare with these other brands that are brands that are packed with a lot of sugars and other things. So that was kind of difficult. So I think that since that moment, everything was kind of like combining for me to to be an entrepreneur with in the food industry. So definitely breadfruit has so much to offer because it has protein, it has the 20 amino acids, but then now as a flower, which is our innovation, um, it can 
a port in the area of flowers in that industry that's so important and that sometimes we have little alternatives or for example almond flowers that can also cause allergy to many people so ours would be a great alternative in that sense but i say our breadfruit flour is for everybody but uh, as a matter of fact on top it happens to be gluten-free so then you have this other group of people that can also benefit from it but it's just delicious and very good for anyone and you you mentioned that so you you're you are a scientist by trade how has what you've learned in that career helped you as you run a food business it's so interesting gretchen i was since well i grew up in a coffee farm here in puerto rico so my parents were always in that agricultural industry they had bananas they had plantains they had other uh um, like yams and other type of crops that we eat a lot here in the island and other uh fruits like oranges and lemons and and pineapple so i think in terms of that general agriculture uh education and exposition it was there and i was also part of the future farmers of america so i think that planted in my heart that loving for agriculture and for good food for good organic and and and, and natural food um but then i studied uh microbiology industrial microbiology in college and that gave me the other part of food inequity of food quality so You know, I didn't know I would be ending directly, so directly on the food and beverage industry. But I think like kind of I was always very mixed to that, very blending into that. And it just happened. Uh, uh, I think we, we also had a dream, my husband and I, because this is a co-partnership with my husband. Um, he was also very fond of agriculture and so on. Um, but we're putting a lot of I think we're putting more science into the industry here in Puerto Rico. And I think that's something that we're contributing right now. And having one, as you mentioned, the first Sophie Award for Puerto Rico and also for a breadfruit product, we feel very proud. And, and I think we're motivating a lot of people. A lot of people are asking about the Specialty Food Association and how did I do to win the Sophie Award? And it's kind of a thing now over here with a lot of... Uh, fellow entrepreneurs that are working in, in the food industry. So, yeah, it, the background has definitely helped me a lot. Uh, that's fantastic. Definitely send them our way. We would love to, to try, uh, try their products and uh, get them their own statues to uh, show off at their booth. Yeah, it's, it is amazing to see. It's what I honestly, I was uh, observing some of the Sophie judging last week and um, which is going on right now and just amazing to see the breadth of products that that come through just uh, the entrepreneurs are continually impressing me mm-hmm. so i wanted to talk, to talk a little bit about the business so you know it's one thing to make a great product and it's another one to get it into that you know the hands and mouths of the consumers so i wanted to hear about you know the, everyone faces some obstacles with their business Would you tell me a little bit about some of the obstacles you might have faced and even a time when you might have thought it wasn't going to work out? Well, I, I would have to mention Hurricane Maria. When oh, Hurricane boy. Maria hit the island, we were nine months without electricity, Gretchen. Oh, nine right, months. Right. We're in the, since I have a farm, we're in the middle of the island on the high mountains. But you know what? And it was, it was overwhelming. It was very, very difficult. But what we focused on the farm for that moment, since we couldn't do much of manufacturing, um, and we persevered. But I also think that we learned our lesson. We, we put in place a contingency plan. And I think every 
uh, business owner has to do this. It's very important and you're being responsible with the business and with yourself as well because it's very time consuming all these things if you don't plan them a little ahead in time. So I think we use this very difficult and extraordinary situation like to focus even more. And uh, when Hurricane Fiona hit last year, I was back in business two months, two days after, sorry, two days after, because we, as part of our contingency strategy, we, we decided to invest in solar panels and also to be more eco-friendly. So that was a project I'm so proud of um, because right now we're basically carbon neutral at our, at our business. That's something I wow. like to highlight um, because it's not just that you're eating an amazing food. It's very eco-friendly and planet-loving. Uh, so, so even though that was a very difficult moment and at a moment I said, my goodness, are we going to be able to continue with Amasar? Uh, at the other hand, there was so food scarcity in the island and I said more than ever, we have to continue with Amasar. It's, it's a matter of food security and it's a matter of having something for our people as well. So that was, even though it was a, a very difficult moment, at the end it turned out okay. That is a great story. How many people do you employ? We're nine direct employees, and I'm 70% women employed. Wonderful. Um, yes, and then uh, indirectly, we also impact more than 50 small farmers in the island that uh, also sell us some of that of their breadfruit. I have our breadfruit on the farm, but I also purchase breadfruit from other farmers that hadn't thought about breadfruit as in as a crop that would give them uh, an economical growth. So that's something, uh, uh, another thing nice about breadfruit. It was just a crop that people weren't looking at. So smart. And not that I don't want you to give away any trade secrets, but so <laughs> could you talk a little bit about how is it, how do you create the products from the fruit? Well, we, the great thing about our product is it's so natural. It's such a clean label because all we do is dehydrate the breadfruit and turn it into flour. But we Amazing. do it. We do it so quickly, and we do it um, so naturally that you keep all of the nutrient inside that flour. And then um, I think Amasar has been very innovative with their blends because my mission was to offer a a product that was very easy to use because other flours are so difficult to handle. The the you know the mixture turns out dry and. It's kind of like a science into it so that you can have a, a, a good pancake, for example. And ours is so easy and simple to use. So I think that's something that we're really offering to the market that wasn't there. And how about a moment of success where you really felt like you'd made it or you felt like you were for sure going to go ahead with the business? The Sophie Award. Oh, yay. <laughs> the Sophie Award. Look, I, I yelled so much that day. I was like, is this true? And I would tell my husband, am I reading this correctly? Because I was kind of like the email was there and it, it was that was just it. That was just so amazing, Gretchen, you know, because I, I did it at first. Like, let me do this to learn to it was the first time I was in the association. So I knew I had a great product and there was something somebody here in Puerto Rico, as a matter of fact, the one was the person who told me he's uh, he works in the Department of uh, 
of uh, development of commerce in the island, mm-hmm. and he's a, he's the food promoter uh, specialist. And he wrote to me an email, and he said, "Marisol, have you seen this of the Fancy Food Show and the Sophie Award? Um, I think your product has the the qualities to be in here." And and I wrote to him back, "Are you sure?" And he said, "Yes, I am sure." So I said, "Well, let's do it." And and I I put on all the information, and we did all the process. And when we got that, when we got that back, it, that was just such a that was such a, an amazing gift from life that that we were just. Oh my, and it has opened so many doors, Gretchen. So we're very, very thankful. Oh, I, lo- I just love hearing that. So how would you say that your brand has evolved since you first started the brand? Wow, it's, it's evolved a lot. And I, I encourage all these people in the food industry to be open to changes and to dare to launch a first product. We launched, remember that I told you Hurricane Maria, our plans were to launch our new product on November 2017. Hurricane was September 2017. So it all took until June 2018 when I launched one first product. And it, it was, I would kind of, you know, we would discuss my husband and I and, and the team, are we ready? Do we launch? Do we not launch? And I said, let's launch. We have to put something in the market and test it out. And I, I, I'm so grateful of the community of Puerto Rico and our people because it is in Puerto Rico where we have basically done that product market fit. They've helped me um, at the first, the first two years were really understanding if we had that product market fit. So, so it was that. And right now I've changed my packaging already like five times. <laughs> so, so it's, 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 you can't, you, we have to evolve. We ha- and then it's the food industry is changing so quickly. I don't know. Well, you must see it better than I, Gretchen, but it's just, sometimes overwhelming so many things that are outside but it's even i it's for me it's so awesome because at the same time you don't get time to get bored you you have to be on top you have to look, see what's what's happening and and i think we're also very concerned of what we're eating um we have access to so much information out there that people are asking themselves what am, what are we really eating and i think that's where the specialty food association really does an amazing contribution because we're we're kind of like you know giving a little bit of more guarantee on what we're eating and and where it comes from and the quality so i think uh you know that that's something very important these days i'm interested about the many changes in packaging so was that to you know preserve the quality of the product or more about like a label color or or what kinds of changes did you go through It was definitely the labeling at first. Labeling. Yeah, I, I was my first intention was the Puerto Rican market. So, I tried to put a little bit of Spanish in there and also English. It was more it was too confusing for them. They wouldn't understand. So then mm. I had to I, I kept on okay, I said, "Well, let me go straight. Let me this is a breadfruit pancake mix. This is an all-purpose breadfruit mix." I had to be more direct and then in Spanish say it as well. Um, so, so yeah, it was those kind of things. And the things I wanted to highlight at first were ones, then I decided, no, now I want to highlight that I'm plant-based and that I'm high fiber. Um, so, so yeah, those kinds of things, because, uh, also the recipes at first I put in, uh, like this very strict 
super nutritious uh, <laughs> recipe, no sugar at all. And, and no, no. So I said, hey, a pancake has, my products don't have sugar added or salt because I want the, the consumer to, to, you know, be in charge of what they want to do with that, you know, uh, which type of, of sweetener, if they want to put in a sweetener. But in the recipe, I said, I have to put in there a normal pancake recipe. And after I did that, a lot of people said, oh, I love the, I love the recipe. You know, it, it's so good. Um, and I, it was just a slight change. Just add a couple of, of, of uh, uh, spoons of uh, brown raw sugar in there. Um, a normal pancake has it already. So, yeah. Sure. Um, and what would you want people to know, some of our listeners, what would you like them to know about your brand that they might not have heard? Well, definitely Amasar is a brand that focuses on this amazing superfood that's breadfruit. And we want to offer nutrition and taste because I think and I'm positive that nutritional things can be very tasty. So that's part of that's part of our, our logo, you know, of what we say. It's it's nutrición con sabor that which that's in Spanish and in English it's nutrition with tastiness to it, um, and also uh, that it's eco friendly. And I think we all have to on board on these initiatives of being sure that even though that we're in this industry that has to do with 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 survival of humankind we have to also look at the, how eco-friendly other products we're using the packaging that we're using um where are uh, all these uh, sources coming from so that we can have a less impact in 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 our on our planet you know in terms of of burning it out and and have a higher impact on the planet of being eco-friendly and protecting it so i think i really want to highlight those three things and it's amazingly delicious. Absolutely. That sustainability mission is so important. Yeah, we're sustainable. We're a sustainable enterprise. We do fair trade. We're also, we, we pay the farmers. I'm the one who in Puerto Rico is paying the most for breadfruit. Um, because as a, as a daughter of a farmer who had to struggle so much in having his income um, in you know, injustice, as I would say, that was something I promised myself. I want to be fair trade with our fellow farmers, and that's something we really take into account. That's wonderful. So we're almost out of time, but before you go, we'd like to have you participate in our final segment, which we call Take Five, which is five quick questions for our guest. But first, let's take a quick pause for a break. This episode is brought to you by Roberta's, home of Heritage Radio Network for 10 years. Roberta's was founded in Bushwick in 2008 and has become one of the most iconic restaurants in the country. HRN made its home inside of Roberta's in 2009, and together they have become part of the DIY fabric of the neighborhood. Roberta's, the pizza restaurant, is open for lunch and dinner seven days a week and serves much more than just the famous wood-fired pizzas. Their team dreams up new salads, pastas, and sandwiches on the regular. Roberta's Tiki Bar is alive and well in the back garden, serving up frozen drinks in the summer and hot toddies in the winter. Stop by the bakery and takeout spot next door for fresh breads, sticky buns, and pizzas to go. But Roberta's also extends beyond Bushwick, with multiple locations in New York City and now in Los Angeles. 
You can also find their frozen pies in grocery stores around the country. The spirit of Roberta's, like Heritage Radio Network, is everywhere. Here's to many more years of pizza-powered radio. Learn more about Roberta's at robertaspizza.com. Hello again and welcome back. I'm Gretchen Van Esselsten from SFA speaking with Marisol Villalobos of Amasar. Yes. So here are your five questions for our final segment, Take Five. Are you ready? Yes. Wonderful. Um, so what is your favorite thing about the specialty food industry? The amount of amazing food companies that you just meet. It's just amazing. That's great. I love that answer. And what is one thing that SFA has done to make business easier for you as a specialty food business owner? Connecting with potential buyers. Love hearing that. Um, and if you were not running this business, what do you think you'd be doing? Hmm, I would be teaching mm. or I would be running a company of uh, recycling. Oh, wonderful. I think, it, you know, I know you're busy with this business, but I could see you doing both in the future. Who knows, right? I would love, I would love to. I love it. Um, so what is a piece of advice that you would give to a brand new specialty food business? We say in Spanish a word that's called prepa. That's P-R-E-P-A. And it's persevere. Rodéate, which is surround yourself about of people that are positive, that, that are enthusiastic, that can push you a little bit, when, especially when you need it. The E is for education. You have to educate yourself. The other P is for prepare. You have to be prepared. You have to organize yourself. You have to do your agendas. And the A is for ama, which means love what you do. <laughs> so that's my piece of advice. You have to love what you do. This isn't easy. There are, there are highs and there are lows. Um, but yeah, it's, it's very, it's very, it fills your heart at the end of the day. Oh, that is wonderful. And finally, how, what is your definition of specialty food? Hmm, my definition would be that when you, when you, when you have it, when you have a specialty food, when you eat a specialty food, it makes you awe. It's just, and then it nurtures. So I think those are the two things that for me make a specialty food. Oh, just wonderful. Well, I'd love to give a big thanks to Marisol Villalobos of Amasar for joining us and bringing her prepa to us today. We really appreciate it. Thank you, Gretchen. Thank you so much and, and the Specialty Food Association for this opportunity. So you can find out more about this show at specialtyfood.com and heritageradionetwork.org. And remember to follow us wherever you get your podcasts. Come back often to get the, to know the people like Marisol who are shaping the future of food. Special thanks to Heritage Radio Network, the world's pioneer food radio station. This is Spill and Dish, a Specialty Food Association podcast. Spill and Dish, a Specialty Food Association podcast is powered by Simplecast. Thanks for listening to Heritage Radio Network, food radio supported by you. Keep in touch at heritageradionetwork.org slash subscribe.